So I love asking the question, if you were going to create your big dream as a visionary and actually put it into traction, put it into action, who do you need to become to get there? And who do you need to partner with in order to allow more of that exponential growth to be possible for you? So love to live in the art of possibility, expanding thinking, and really serving as a navigator or a co-pilot as you're building your dream business. You're listening to the Seven Figure Leap Podcast. We're here to leverage rich relationships and smart strategies to take your business to the next level. Here's your host, Dustin Reekman. Welcome to our very first interview on Seven Figure Leap. The guest today is a very special guest because the guest is me, uh, Dustin Reekman, <laughs> host of the show. Uh, I wanted to turn the tables, though, as we get going here to really unpack why we're here, what this is all about, and my own story. And so I have an extremely special guest host today, and we'll hear a lot about Cassie and why she's really integral into this whole journey that I've been on in my own seven-figure lead story. So Cassie, do you want to introduce yourself and just kind of get us oriented as we kick off this episode? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dustin. This is such a treat. We met a year ago. And one of my favorite questions to you in the last couple of weeks as we've been dreaming up 2024 is, gosh, what are we going to be talking about this time next year? So I know today is all about recapping this year and kind of the magic that's happened and also what's coming up and what's in store for 2024, which is super juicy. So I'm delighted to be here. I've been a client of Dustin's. Dustin has been a client of me. We'll share a little bit more about that later. What I love is applied exponential growth. So I love asking the question, if you were going to create your big dream as a visionary and actually put it into traction, put it into action, who do you need to become to get there and who do you need to partner with in order to allow more of that exponential growth to be possible for you? So love to live in the art of possibility, expanding thinking, and really serving as a navigator or a co-pilot as you're building your dream business. And that's been such a treat to have such an inside look at your journey personally, Dustin, this year and how you've quantum leaped from where we met this time last year to where you are in your business the clients you're serving today, the opportunities you have in store coming up in 2024, it rhymes. There's so many rhymes. So I'm jazzed about that. <laughs> and I'm now in your mastermind, Seven Figure Leap, which is one of the tightest, warmest, closest, friendliest, and best communities I've ever gotten to be a part of. There's so many more adjectives I could use. It's my tribe. Like I've really, really found my tribe of people. And if I ever miss a week on our weekly call, there is a piece of my heart that just didn't get nourished that week. It's that important to me. So the name of your mastermind is called Seven Figure Leap. And some of us may or may not be millionaires in that club. So help us understand outside of just the number, why did you choose the name Seven Figure Leap? And what does that mean to you? Yeah. And it's also the name of this podcast. And that's not a coincidence. So yeah, I think the easiest way to explain this is to break it up into two pieces, seven figure and leap. So seven figure, like on the nose, I think most people think of building a seven figure business, a seven figure brand. And that is what it is. However, there are steps on that journey. So this podcast is not only for people who are making seven figures or even people who necessarily want to make seven figures of income. Who it is for though, are at a minimum people who want to have seven figures of impact. And that may sound like kind of a funny play on words, but one of my values is working with mission-driven people. So people, of course, that want to have a bigger income because they're entrepreneurs and that's what we do. We build businesses, right? But they also, while they do that, want to have a big impact. And the way I see the world and the way most of my clients see the world is whatever I put in, I should be able to help someone get a 10x result. So you'll hear a lot about 10Xs in, in different contexts here. But in this case, if I work with someone and they pay me money, I want to get them a 10 times return on that money. That's always my basic goal. So if you think of it in those terms, if you want to have a six-figure income, if you want to make $100,000, you need to provide a million dollars of value. You need to provide 10 times the value. You could be listening thinking, I want to get to six figures. The way to do that is to provide seven figures of value. And maybe you're at six figures and you want to get to seven figures of income. That's great. All you have to do is provide eight figures of value, right? Like, because it's all multiples of 10. And so that's the way I see the world. That's what this podcast is about. No matter where you're at on that journey, I think you're going to be able to listen in and get a lot of great insights, hear a lot of people on different parts of that scale. And we'll talk about where I'm at on this scale. I'm not yet, as of this date, making seven figures of income. However, I've had multiple seven figures of impact, and that shows up in my income. So that's the seven figure part. It's income and impact. And the leap part is doing this quickly and doing this through what we would call quantum leaps or 10x leaps. 
So the idea that you can grow exponentially, not linearly. And in my view, in my experience, the way to do that the most predictably and effectively is through relationships. So you can build your relationships, you can build your network, you can make these quantum leaps in your business and in your impact, and of course, then in your income. So that's the 10x, or that's the seven figure, I should say, and that's the leap. So seven figure leap is the mastermind, the brand, the podcast, serving entrepreneurs who are on this journey to seven figures of impact and income. Is that clear? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I have a question I want to dive a little deeper what does impact mean to you? And maybe specifically thinking about some of your favorite clients, some of the people that you've helped create an outsized result. What is the impact they're looking for? I think that word could mean so many different things to different people. But as I've been in your orbit, and I've met so many people, not just through this mastermind, but you do a great job of bringing people into your accelerators and then cross pollinating us so we can meet each other which we jokingly called the holiday party where everyone actually knows what you do. Like none of your family members are looking (laughs) at you confused. Like, what do you do? So it was a really, really fun experience. But I would say a lot of people in your tribe are impact driven or they have an impact driven mission. What does that mean for you specifically? And where do you see that showing up for your clients in terms of the impact? Yeah, that's an awesome question. It definitely varies as far as the specificity because I don't work with just one type of entrepreneur. I work with many types of entrepreneurs doing many cool things in the world. So they would all have a personal definition of what their specific intended impact is. But in a general sense, it's making a positive difference in the world. It could be like serving a charity or serving a nonprofit, but it's often things like helping people build their business faster, helping people improve their health, helping people improve their relationships, their marriage. So I work with marriage coaches and health coaches and business consultants and email copywriters, tax people, wealth strategists. I can think of a lot of these individuals and it doesn't matter to me what their specific impact is, but it totally matters to them. And so the way I usually like to dig into this with someone and how I can tell if they're going to be a good fit for my values and the way I want to serve is they have a very clear and passionate reason when you say, why do you do what you do? And there's usually a story behind it. There's something in their own family of origin, their own childhood, some professional or personal experience they had that they just have this innate passion, desire, and drive to motivate people to be better in whatever area of life they're focused on helping people at this time. But it's about helping people. It's about helping people level up. That's impact, right? It's making a tangible, positive, because we could have negative impact, but we're talking about tangible, positive impact in the world through your unique ability and your zone of genius. Like that's what this is all about. Mm. You had a soundbite in there is like, why do you do what you do? So I'm going to turn the tables on you, Dustin. Why do you do what you do? Why the seven figure leap? Why did this become your brand, your signature way of introducing yourself and inviting others to step up and change? So what's your why? Yeah, what's my why? So my why is actually stewardship. Hmm. What does stewardship mean? Of course, all these things, you can always dig another layer deep. I actually did a lot of work about 18 months ago on like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a man of faith, a family leader. There's a lot of things about my life. And so it was like, what's the kind of common uniting purpose behind all the stuff I do and the stuff I enjoy the most? And it was stewardship. And the idea of stewardship is using time, talent, and treasure in the highest and best use possible. I try to be a good steward on my own. So, you know, I do a lot of stuff in my community and try to be smart about how we spend money and the ways you traditionally think of stewardship. But what I discovered in no small part through Cassie's help is on the talent portion of that trifecta, I'm just really good at helping other people level up through relationships and through masterminding and through partnerships and just this whole relationship thing. So this is the Seven Figure Lead brand, this podcast, the mastermind work that we do. It's all part of a manifestation for me of like, how can I drive impact for people and the way that they want to impact the world in a way that makes them a good steward in the process. So I'm like, I help people be a good steward. The way I'm doing that is by taking the talent portion of and time and treasure, but I'm taking that and really investing that in other people in the way that I've been gifted with a unique ability, which is through connection and relationship. It's a deep question. It's hard to answer real directly. Why do you do what you do? The audience is going to hear in future episodes, pretty much everyone I interview, that's going to be one of the key questions in the interview. And it'll be really fun to kind of go down the spiral with them to get to the core reason why they do what they do. And sometimes it's a precipitating event. Sometimes it's from their past. 
I have all of that. So Cassie, we can dig as far deep into my <laughs> into my past as we want to maybe start to dig into why a stewardship matter, why this format of masterminding and relationships and interviews, like what makes me so excited. But anyway, that's the surface levels. I want to be a good steward. I want to help other people be a good steward. So far, what I found is my best way of doing that is through community relationships and masterminding. I love that. And we're definitely going to get into the backstory because you have a really powerful journey of transformation that you've been on throughout your life. And I've always been very humbled when I get little pockets and windows of light into the backstory of Dustin. And so I definitely want to go there. And before I do, there's been a couple terms that have been thrown around. I don't know if everyone has the same definition. So you've talked about stewardship. You've talked about masterminding, community and relationships. Break down for us, specifically masterminding. It's a huge part of your brain. It's a huge part of your business model. It's how you and I have gotten connected and how you've connected to so many people. For those that might not be familiar and with your special Dustin definition, like what is masterminding and how do you see yourself as a steward of connection? Yeah, that's awesome. Steward of connection. There, that's it. This is why I like that right now. <laughs> I ramble for five minutes and she's like, what you said in one second. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. So what is a mastermind and what's my flavor of it or what do I enjoy the most about it? So a mastermind, in a sense, is when you have two or more people in a common environment and the third mind emerges. This is like a Napoleon Hill term from Think and Grow Rich. But the idea is, hey, if we get in communion here and we're like working together, it could be virtual, it could be in person, and we're putting our minds together in a sense, this third mind emerges, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So there's three of us in a room and we're working together. We're going to get more than 3x output. We might get 9x output. We might get exponential output because we have the insights that we're sharing with each other. And so that's a really basic idea of a mastermind is putting minds together and getting a bigger experience or a bigger result out of it. I have a fairly unique view of it that I don't usually talk about publicly, but since it's my show, why not? We'll talk about it. So I mentioned I'm Christian. I feel like the ultimate mastermind was Jesus and his apostles. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm not Jesus, although I lead mastermind. That's not the connection I'm making here. That's good. It's not a cult. um, But the idea is, you know, there's these 12 people. They had a common purpose. They had a common mission and they had a leader and this leader like gave them insights, but they helped each other a lot and they would go off in twos and threes and they would do special projects, but they're always in community. And so there was a ton of community. And one thing they did a lot, if you kind of read into the New Testament and the Acts of the Apostles and and those sort of books, is they really went deep in discernment. They asked each other really hard questions and they wrestled with really tough things, but they did that in community and with a really insightful and inspired leader. There was an idea of community. There's an idea of discipleship and discernment. And there was evangelization. They did come together as this little group of 12 and they got all this power and insight and they helped each other and they leveled up their thinking. I'm sure they had great mindset growth. And then they went out and they did cool stuff with it. So Mm. that's how I see it. I see masterminding today, you know, it might be on Zoom and it might be with a goofy guy named Dustin. It's a very different than the original apostleship. But there's a lot in there that I see reflected out if you're in a well-run mastermind now. Those same elements exist. Community, discipleship, discernment, and evangelization of the impact you're trying to make in the world. And I can go out and I can have that impact. And then I have a safe place to come back to. You mentioned tribe. I can come back to my tribe, re-energize, ask them questions, let them reflect things to me, good, bad, and ugly, so that I can get really honest. And then I can go back out and do my thing. And that's the rhythm I see. So I think a really well-run mastermind has those elements. And we could talk about how those are run and the values and and all that. There's a really well-run one. You don't really see it, but you feel it. And I've been in many and had varied experiences, but I do think I found my knack for running them in the style that we run them and that you mentioned you enjoy. So Awesome. Thank you for that. I do want to transition the conversation. We are going to talk about values. And I think this is a really fun episode to play with. What are your values and why has leading with your values changed your business? And as I did a really deep dive in part of my practice, values create intrinsic motivation. So if you're going to create this quantum leap in your life, if you power your vision from your values, you're harnessing the power of intrinsic motivation. And what's really interesting about the study of values is values are created from vacuums. In other words, the things that we might not have experienced in childhood or emerging adulthood that created a vacuum end up sometimes becoming our biggest value. So for example, if you had any kind of intellectual restriction or perceived intellectual restriction as a child, maybe learning becomes your super value. You want to break out of that paradigm of lack of information. And so learning, consumption, curiosity, 
innovation become some of your key values, just as an example. So take us back before we talk about your values and you make them explicit, take us back to some of the backstory, maybe some of the vacuums, some of those areas in life where there was a blank space and from blank space, beautiful things get created. So take us back to either childhood or emerging adulthood. What were some of those vacuums that ended up creating the rich fodder, creating the environment for you to develop the values that you now hold today? That's an amazing question. So I'm so glad that you're here to ask it. Because I was originally, I was kind of thinking, what are my values? This is not a prescripted interview, right? We're just kind of going. And it's really funny. I'm thinking of these values that I wanted to express. And then you mentioned vacuum. And I'm like, well, that's 100% true. <laughs> so I'll start with my vacuums. So yes, yeah, so I was a loved child. I should say that first and foremost. However, I was in a pretty broken home. And my dad was an alcoholic. And he worked sparingly and inconsistently. He was very mm-hmm. abusive to my mom, abusive to me, abusive to my stepbrother. And so it was a very chaotic childhood. I lived out in the middle of nowhere and never had any access to things like little league sports. Or So I just basically played by myself mm-hmm. in the woods all the time and played with my brother a little bit, but he was six years older and left early to join the Marine Corps to kind of run away from it all. So I was by myself a lot. As anyone's already heard me say relationships, like it's like my number one value and that really speaks to why, I think. So that was a big vacuum. A little bit further into that story is my parents got divorced when I was in early in high school. And I thought it was the best thing ever, to be honest, because I felt like we were in this trap of why do you put up with this? You're getting beat up and like we have to run all the time and it's this crazy chaotic energy. So they got divorced. Then as I went to finish high school, my last couple years of high school, I started dating someone who, just to bury the lead a little bit, is now my wife of 23 years, Bethany. And so she really changed everything for me because she gave me stability. She showed me positive love and she was, yeah, she was just everything. So in meeting her, of course, I met her family and getting emotional. Her family, we're Christians and everyone has their issues, but very healthy model of marriage and family. And so I gleaned onto that and I got baptized when I was in college. Their model completely changed my life because I grew up with no faith life, no good family structure, no good model of marriage. At a pivotal time, you know, in high school, I meet this girl. Her parents are awesome to me, invite me to church. I end up getting baptized. Bethany becomes my sponsor. And shortly after I joined the church, when I'm about 20 years old, I get a phone call from my mom and my parents are getting remarried. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) And so Bethany and I actually stood as the attendants at the Justice of the Peace when they got remarried. I think we were engaged, but not yet married. Anyway, that tells you a lot about my family of origin and the importance of my marriage and my wife and who are now three kids. And then from there, the short story is I had a whole engineering career and engineering was okay, but I just knew it wasn't filling all the voids I had. It wasn't serving all my values. So I did that for 15 years, but also had a lot of side projects and got pulled into entrepreneurship. And the first business I ever created, maybe not coincidentally, was called Engaged Marriage. And it was a marriage enrichment business, helping people with that because my wife and I were very involved in marriage ministry. That brought me into digital marketing and I wrote a book and did some speaking. That brought me out of engineering into marketing consulting. That led me into a business partnership selling meat sticks. (laughs) The meat (laughs) sticks business led me on to podcast guesting and podcast guesting led me into this whole mastermind world. That's the very short version of the last half of that story. But I really wanted to emphasize the first part because I think foundationally, that's where almost all these vacuums originated that I'm now filling through my work. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the depth of your share. I've heard parts of that, not all of it. And yeah, most people have heard the second part. That's why I breezed through that. But most people have not heard the first part. It's really a treat and enjoy. And just imagining you and Bethany, your wife, at your parents' remarriage ceremony. And one of my favorite quotes is from John O'Donohue. He's a Celtic. He was a priest, left the priesthood. He's so intelligent, so wise, so deep. And he says, love is an ancient circle closing. Wow. I don't know what it means exactly, but that feels like that you and Bethany could stand up as attendants to witness your parents' reconciliation and marriage and new beginning feels like an ancient circle of love closing. So the beautiful thing about closings too are their openings. I want to let you ask the question, but I I feel like I owe it to my dad to finish the thought. And after they got, because the reconciliation is 100% there, it took them divorcing and separating for several years for him to finally have the realization that he needed to change and could change. So he got sober. When they got remarried, he was sober. He stayed sober. And they lived about another 20 years together in a relatively happy way with no abuse, no alcoholism. He got to know all our grandkids in a big way. He did pass away about 10 years ago. 
but I always feel bad because I, I lead with how, how rotten my childhood was, but I have to give him credit because in, in the latter years, he modeled for me reconciliation and the fact that people can change. And once I understood his family of origin, it was like, holy moly, he was doing great to only be beating up a few people. Like he had a really bad childhood. I won't get into that, but this idea of generational trauma and generational poverty, that's very much part of the history of my family. And so a lot of people would point to me and give me credit for like changing the family tree and changing the trajectory. I don't abuse my kids or wife and we, you know, we have a healthy relationship. But in a lot of ways, my dad should get some of that credit because within his own lifetime, he made that change and modeled it for me. So hmm, powerful. So I've heard a couple just to reflect back some of your values. I've heard a couple of values around community and relationships came from this vacuum of some isolation, some loneliness, some broken relationships, some absence of some of that community that you've really created and cultivated and are flourishing in now. Definitely hearing the value of some vacuum in terms of leadership, both being a man of faith, leading your family. There were some vacuums there in terms of your dad's journey. And, and what a beautiful illustration of our ability to grow and reconcile and change. And the fact that over a lifetime, we can become many different versions of ourselves. So how cool that your dad got to be a grandpa and have this whole new chapter of joy that opened up for him. I wonder what are some of the vacuums that occurred in your engineering career? Because there's a reason why you didn't just cruise, set cruise control, be the engineer, take the promotions. Like you were very well respected. I know you're going to be super modest, so I'll brag for a second. <laughs> you're still called up to do some consulting, but you had this whole engineering career. You trained for it. It created the stability that you lacked in your childhood. It provided you the financial security for your family to raise your young family as they were growing up. What were some of the vacuums you created? Because ultimately... You walked away from some of that security into entrepreneurship, which is potentially a roller coaster of emotion, of <laughs> yeah, outcomes right and possibilities, yeah. right? Yeah, you went right yeah. back into the chaos. What were some of the opportunities, the vacuums that engineering created that led you into entrepreneurship and became some of your values that you have in your business today? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say a big one is creativity. I felt like in engineering, you said I was going to be modest, but a non-modest thing I'll say is I mastered that. You know, like I literally had a master's degree, taught at universities, was like the go-to expert in traffic engineering, and just kind of felt like I'd been there and done that. And it was like, this is not fulfilling my creative energy anymore. That's when I started these side businesses. It was an extension of ministry, but it was also a creative outlet. It was like, I'm left braining all day. Like I need some right braining and I need to write and create and think through frameworks and ways to present stuff. I think a lot of it was that. As I say, creativity is definitely, I love being around creators. I'm very mm -hmm. much not an artist. I have a guitar if you're watching a video. I don't know how to play it. I'm horrible. My kids are very creative and great artists and musicians. I am not. My wife is fortunate for them. But I mean creative in the sense like I see business as a playground and a place to create. And so mm -hmm. that's my expression of creative energy is, is entrepreneurship and business. That scratched that itch where engineering just couldn't anymore. So that, and I would say the other big one, which plays very much into the childhood is abundance. I come from a very poverty, scarcity oriented mindset, and I've worked really hard. I'd say especially the last 18 months. And again, to give Cassie a lot of credit, I've really worked hard on mindset. And that's where a lot of my 10X leap and the thing we're going to talk about on the business side has happened. But that sense was there throughout. And I always felt like even as a partner in the engineering firm and even as the leader of a 20 person team and getting the awards and getting bonuses, like that was cool, but there was always a ceiling. Like ultimately I'm working for somebody else. I didn't see the expression of abundance that I wanted. I felt like I'd rather go out on my own, try it and see what kind of results I could create through my creativity. And I felt that there was a higher and best use of my time, right? It was a stewardship issue. I could be at an engineering meeting and go to get screamed at by angry residents at city council meetings. As fun as that sounds, it's probably not the best use of my time, talent, and treasure at that stage of my life. And that's ultimately why I made that leap. Awesome. So take us back. You mentioned 18 months. Take us back 18 months ago. You and I don't know each other at this point, but there was a big choice that you made in your business life. Take us back to what the stakes were of that choice and what happened next. Yeah. So 18 months ago, it was early summer 2022. So depending on when you're listening to this, to give you some context, I was a partner in this Fire Creek Snacks, which is the meat stick company I mentioned earlier. They're delicious, by the way. Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, I was doing some coaching. So just like some one-on-one -on -one coaching, mostly people inbound. Hey, I heard you on this podcast talking about Fire Creek. I'd love to know more about how you're growing this business, that sort of coaching. I joined a mastermind group that was just ending. 
The mastermind group itself was not a great experience. However, to your point, it created a decision point in my life, basically. So I was doing that stuff. Privately, I was still doing engineering contracting work to basically like make sure I'm paying the bills because I was making some money from all my different ventures, but not like a ton. And I just like that stability. So I was at a point where I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not all in on anything. I'm kind of still have the golden handcuffs. This is like really easy work. They pay me really well. It takes me very little time. But like, how am I ever going to give this up? I just came out of this mastermind that I spent a buttload of money on and had this promise of like, you're going to be able to launch your own mastermind. And I had not. It's probably around July 10th because right before we left on a family vacation. 2022, I woke up one day and the front and bottom of my chin, I was taking a shower and I was shaving. I was like, that feels really weird. And I realized it was all completely numb. And I was feeling all this stress. You know, you can imagine I went into debt for the first time ever on my business to go to this mastermind. I got all these different projects. We're trying to leave on family vacation. I'm supposed to be launching a mastermind. I had one person that signed up and that's not enough people to have masterminds. I'm like, now I feel even more pressure because I got this one person who's kind of waiting on me and I have this numb chin. PSA, do not ever Google numb chin because it is a very scary Google result because it's Hmm. associated with a brain tumor. So I was really freaked out. So I got into a doctor and did blood work. And fortunately, it was not that, although they had a real concern about it too. Turned out, I think, is most likely like a pinched nerve, clinching my jaw, just stress. It was just stress. It was a manifestation of all this stress. So I decided at that point, and this, I think, decision is really important for people. So to decide literally means like to cut off. So when you decide, you're choosing a path forward, but you're also choosing what you're not doing anymore. I had a meeting with the company, the engineering company and said, this has been awesome. You guys have been a lifesaver coming out of COVID and all the impacts that I had on my other business, but I'm done. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm done. No one I could go back for really needed to. But I cut that off and then I basically committed to a start date for my first mastermind. And I started inviting people to it and having great discussions. And I ended up filling my first mastermind group with 11 amazing people in September, 2022. So from July to September, I went from having all these other focuses and all the stress and this physical ailment and very little business income to launching my first mastermind group. So yeah, that was probably the most pivotal professional period of my life in hindsight. Yeah. So when we think about a 10x journey, some of it's related to identity. When we make a quantum leap, the moniker of seven figures in a way is not just that you achieve seven figures or even create the seven figure impact, but what does it mean to have a seven figure identity? Yeah. So take me back to about a year ago. So you've launched your first mastermind. You're planning out 2024. What were your business results looking like? And just give us an idea, like where was your identity story then? And I want to do kind of a before and after what's happened now in this last year. But take us back to about this time last year. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was exactly this time last year that I was finishing that first group. So as I was heading into that, September, the start date's approaching. Two of the people in that group, I would consider pretty close friends. So there's some comfort there. And I also knew I'd get like real feedback. But I didn't really know how I was going to go. And I cut off all this other stuff. So I was like, I still felt pressure, but I honestly felt like such a healthy flow about it. It was like, this feels right. I felt like I made the right promise to them. I felt like the format was going to be great. I knew what I didn't want from the group I was in. And I knew what I did want from that experience. So I had some good experience to go off of. And I would say by like week one and a half, I'm like, this is it. I'm leading these meetings, just giving people insights. We're doing hot seat sessions and this is my element. This is awesome. And then the feedback started coming from the participants who had each paid me $7,500 to be in this group. I was just blown away by the whole thing. And so I knew by the end of that first group that I was really onto something. 100% success rate. They're all very happy. They became advocates. They were starting to refer people for the next group. And so I went into the end of 2022 with a lot of optimism but also with a lot of uncertainty because I'm like, well, I did this once and it was really hard to fill this first group. I put a lot of hand-to-hand reps in as far as inviting people into the process. I did set a goal. And in fact, I have a note card right here if you're watching the video. And the note card is goal, $500,000 in revenue in 2023. And I wrote that probably almost a year to the date. It was right before Christmas last year because I mapped out, well, if I do this group, I do it quarterly and I do some other related projects. It won't be easy, but I felt like this was a doable goal. I knew I needed a lot of help to get that goal. I knew I needed to change more stuff with my mindset. There was more work to be done, but I felt like I could do that. And I credit a book or actually an audio that I listened to called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. 
I listened to it. I think it was October last year. I listened to it 30 days in a row. It's a 30 minute audio. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, he challenges you to literally create a a note card, keep it in front of you every day. And in the back of this is a Bible verse. People would be familiar that asking it shall be given unto you a verse from the Old Testament. I miss some days, but almost every day I'd read that goal. I'd read that Bible verse. and I would invite God into help me in this abundance and like to be a good steward and to use my gifts better to achieve that so that I could help more people and have this bigger impact. So that was the stated goal uh, at the beginning of the year. And you want me to like fast forward to what happened this year as far as the results go? Yeah. I mean, just before we do that, though, like what was the identity shift you needed to make? You'd been an engineer. You'd had this mastermind that didn't deliver results you were hoping. I'm not going to say a false start, but you had a little bit of a bumpy start. Maybe I'm thinking of a car that just didn't really get going. Eventually, you got it going. What was the identity shift you made going, I guess, closing out this year? Like when you chose to write that card down, what was your headspace? What was the identity? What was the commitment you started to make to yourself? Yeah, I think the identity shift was from engineer. And I was very much still kind of holding on to that. Like, hey, you know, I was an engineer, right? Because it kind of felt like it was my identity. I was like, made me sound smart. I was attaching still a lot of identity to that. And once I started this group and I led this experience and I realized that while I went in there trying to teach a curriculum, what I actually delivered was something way more transformational for people. And people were talking about how it changed their life and how they got so much clarity and how they're totally pivoting to what they really want now in their business. And like, it's like, holy moly, this is really powerful. I don't know if I really had the words for it at the time, but I think what I would describe it as now is I transform my identity into a mastermind leader. So throughout 2023, various forms and functions of that, all my offers revolve around a mastermind experience. That's because it hits all my values. And I really honestly think it's the best environment for the right people, for the people that are aligned with it. It's the best environment to get rapid change. You experienced it. But I would say, yeah, I'd say that was the big identity shift. I was now I'm a mastermind leader. I truly own my own business. I wasn't ready yet for the rebrand and all the stuff that's happened really in the last couple months at the tail end of this year. But I knew in my head and my heart that I'd shifted and changed and I knew it was going to work. I didn't know like exactly or to the extent that it was going to work, but I was no longer looking in the rearview mirror being like, well, if this messes up, I'm going back to engineering. I left that behind. I cut that off. I made that decision to move forward and focus fully on this. Yeah. There's a reason why the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. need to focus on what's in front of us. So speaking of what was in front of you, now we're at the end of 2023. It's summer 2023. Tell us, what was the story of 2023? What happened? You wrote down this note card, $500,000. What happened in terms of not just income, but impact? Yeah. And how did you live your values this year? The simple thing to address is income. I literally hit that goal last week. I just exactly hit that goal, which is amazing. And it'll plus a little as we round out the year. And that's cool. I already wasn't attached to that as the reason why. It's not about the money for me. Like we have plenty, we're abundant and very, very, very blessed. It's more to empower more generosity and to fuel the next chapter. So it's more about what I can do with it, which is the impact. So to your question, that's the income. So I hit the goal. So have I made a million dollars in a year yet? No, but maybe next year. But it's not about that, right? It's about the impact. And I can say with pretty pretty reasonable confidence, that $500,000 should relate to $5 million in impact. And I think I've definitely had that. And I've yeah. had that through now I'm running my fifth group currently, and I'm enrolling for my sixth. But if you look at those five groups, in total, there's close to 70 people. And the basic promise of those groups is that a six-figure marketing channel to your business. Some people do way better than that. Some people fall short by their own means. So not everyone does that on their own accord. However, if you look at that, that's let's call it $5 million to $7 million of impact uh, on their businesses. And so the ratios play out. It actually makes sense. And so I can think of individuals. I know all of these people extremely well, right? I spend an intense, intimate time with them in this experience that we provide some of them continue on in the seven figure leap mastermind, which Cassie is in. I don't know how to describe it other than the practical way to describe it is showing up on these Zoom meetings is the best thing I get to do all week outside of spending time with my wife and kids. I had an annual like bow hunting camping trip, basically. And it's all like people I've known for a long time, but I'm an entrepreneur and my journey has been all over the place. And this guy's like, So, what do you do now? And I'm like, oh gosh, this is like, how do I add this to someone who's a machinist? I was like, well, I do a lot of Zoom calls and I basically help people grow their business. That was a sufficient answer. 
because how do you encapsulate what we've been talking about for 40 minutes now is like a mastermind experience transforming people's lives. I have so many like videos of people saying, you made a 10x change in my life or you empowered me to change my family's legacy because of how it changed their business and their mindset and all that. So the impact's there. It's tangible. I see it and feel it and get to touch it at live events uh, through the real people that have experienced it. And so I guess that's the summary of impact. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to summarize succinctly. Yeah. Two more questions. And number one is what's in store for 2024? So you've had this amazing ride, this amazing year, you've done this rebrand and taken, I know the joke right now is that you've had an overnight success in the last year, but it was about 14 years of digital marketing in the making, which feels accurate. I'm like, oh gosh, thank you for telling the truth. So tell me what's in store for 2024. I started my first business in 2009, my first online business. So it is funny, it's 14 years in the making, but I did have a 10X leap in one year, which is pretty awesome. So for me in 2024, it is about continuing to have this impact. To me, it's not a 10x income leap year. It's really about being more focused and doing less and doing it better. Things like selling our part our Fire Creek snacks. It's a partnership and we are actively looking to sell that so that we can each focus in our zone of genius, which is no longer meat sticks. <laughs> it's now masterminds. So that's like a simple practical example. Another thing that's a big focus in 2024 is this podcast. This podcast is all about telling the real story behind these transformations, digging into people's real stories, their values, the reason why they do what they do, and helping them cast a vision for their future, right? Like you just asked me a great question. And so I have to like think about, yeah, what is in store, not only for next year, but five years and 10 years, like what do I want this to become? I think I would actually turn this back to you, Cassie, and say 10X is easier than 2X is a really good book. It's a Dan Sullivan book with Ben Hardy. And so it's become very popular this year to talk about 10Xing. And I just explained how I 10Xed my income and impact in a year, and it's awesome. However, there's got to be an end at some point to 10Xing your income. So what does it mean to you? Or how would you describe it? Because you're our resident expert in our mastermind about like 10Xing. What does 10Xing mean if it doesn't just mean having 10 times more revenue in a year? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I've done a few kind of 10x journeys. I definitely recommend the book, as you mentioned, and really the idea is quantum leaping. Yes. And so one of the techniques in the book, and you and I have talked about this a lot with our mastermind group is asking who, not how. So when you create a really big vision, a vision that is going to generate and inspire your greatest creativity, it's going to need your bold courage because it's so big that it's going to take a full commitment to actually give it your best shot. And to, in some ways, detach from the outcome because you don't know what you're going to learn along the way. But who, not how becomes a really important question because you start asking instead of the how, which will just drain your batteries, you get flogged with details. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite people. <laughs> you need to start asking who. And I believe the question is twofold. So the book talks about you need to find your who's. So for me, you've been a who in my business, in my life, because you've helped me understand the benefit of relationship marketing. You've helped me better position my business, talk about my business, organize my offers, get clients. There's so much that's happened in the mastermind over this year. So you've been one of those who's for me. The other who question, the other side of that is who do you need to become? So when we think about 10X in goals, I've had conversations with people that have gone through this methodology. Maybe it's about income for their business. Maybe they want to hit a certain income point so that they can perhaps exit. Actually, one of my friends is learning Forex trading because he wants to have an income stream that is funded through investments. So I think 10Xing can be leverage. 10Xing can be relational. I want to have a 10X impact in terms of my network. So who do I need to become and who do I need to know in order to have access to different people to create different possibilities? I think of 10Xing could also be one of my favorite things somebody's working on right now is 10Xing their charitable giving. They want to put their favorite charities out of the fundraising business. They want to fund them fully for this lifetime so they never have to fundraise again. I think that's an amazing example of 10Xing. Uh, me personally, I want to become a professional ballroom dancer this year. So I figured out how to 10X with that. So I think you could take anything that's a hobby, an interest, a contribution, a playground of possibility and figure out how to 10X it. And income is definitely a great expression. It's a great fuel. And I love in terms of your mastermind and the, the people that are in this tribe, 
there's a really strong emphasis on stewardship. It's not about greed. It's not about accumulation. It's about abundance and circulation and choosing how to deploy that abundance to bless other people and to fund causes that we care about and create lifestyle experiences. One of the things that stands out that we didn't talk about yet is I think one of your big 10x leaps this year is that you got to take your family on vacations every quarter. And you blocked out your calendar, you took your family, you created these super memorable trips and your teenagers were like, this is the best trip ever, which I think is pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. So I think 10xing can look a lot of different ways, but business tends to be the vehicle that powers a lot of that transformation. So maybe in terms of what's in store for 2024 for you, I feel like it's perhaps extending the income maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe keeping it the same, that 500K baseline and then extending it, maybe it's going to go to 750 but also maybe looking at how do you work 50% less? I think that'd be an awesome 10X leap. Even if you kept the income the same, but how do you work 50% less? That would be an awesome example of a 10X leap. Yes. And this is, I just teed you up and you had no idea that question was coming, but (laughs) excellent peek behind the curtain of why I value Cassie so much and why she's a major who in my life. She's been my coach throughout much of this process this year. We met a year ago. She was in my program. We became very good friends. And then I hired her to basically like break me open and put me back together again, help me tease out my values, tie those to my business and roadmap out the success that I just was able to describe. And we're doing the same for 2024. So she has some real insights into what I'm up to. And as she was explaining these different aspects of a 10X leap, she, of course, expressed exactly what I was going to say as far as like, yeah, you know, income wise, I don't know, 750, maybe I'll get seven figures. I don't really care. I mean, that's the honest truth. That'd be cool. I could artificially create that though. Like what I really want is impact and the ability to increase my own level of stewardship and generosity. And so generosity is a huge theme for me this year and planning out with my wife, places we really want to pour in heavy on giving and and being generous. An aspect of my own 10X Leap will be getting more help. This has been a sprint and I've had Cassie and my mastermind group and a lot of really cool people in my corner. And I've started already just hiring more help. Yeah, I'll have more income. Maybe I'll take home the same, but I'll have more freedom that you just described. So freedom of time, freedom of choice. And for me, it's all about, on the personal side, experiences. So I'll be traveling a lot more this year. Quarterly trips with my family. That was awesome in 2023. We want to continue that. I've got a two-week trip with my wife planned in June to Italy. Neither of us have ever been overseas in our life. So that's going to be awesome. Really cool experience allowed for and empowered by my business, which is what's so cool. And then the other thing I wrote down is recreation and just making sure I've got really quality things I'm doing with my kids that are just fun. So if anyone wants to see my values, by the way, if you go to sevenfigureleap.com and the about page at the bottom, it basically says values that shape who I am and how I treat my clients. Mm. I love to work with. And if you resonate with this, you probably love to work with me too. But one of those is fun. And I don't want to leave fun out of the equation. I think that was another area where I tried to make it fun, but it's really hard to make traffic engineering fun and going to night meetings. I think that's another vacuum in my career that I like have so much fun with the people I get to work with now. And we're going to be meeting in person at several events this year. I'm really excited about that. And uh, it'll be lots of fun. So that's a value that I want to make sure I elevate in 2024 in this whole experience. Fun was such a key value. That was actually part of the rebrand conversation. You yeah, experimented was, with seven-figure fun. I thought it was maybe a little too cutesy. Um, seven-figure leap, I thought was a little more intriguing. But fun is still one of the core values of the brand. So I love that. So as we land the plane, maybe I think it would be cool is just to talk about in closing, like what we learned from working with each other. So the fact that we're even here doing this interview is a great example of your stewardship of community. Because we met, you sold me into your program, I became a client of yours. Very quickly, I sold you into my offer that you actually helped me create. So there's a little bit of a meta there. You helped me organize some of my thoughts and ideas, create a new offer package. You're like, actually, sign me up for that. And then we've continued to cycle through each other's offers. So maybe just in closing, I'll have you go first so I can really land this plane talking about you and why other people should work with you and can work with you. But let's just talk really quickly. Like, what have you learned from working with me? And then I'll reflect that back of what I've learned working with you. Oh, man. So much. So much. It's so like a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all gratitude. So what I learned from working with Cassie, it's like the most loaded question ever. So I would say the Number one thing that comes up for me is this tie of values to my business. I feel like I'm a man of values and I have values, but I never really made the conscious effort to tie them to my business in a really direct way. And I think that's the number one thing probably is you helped me 
articulate my values and then practically integrate them into my business and how I serve and how I run my groups and who I attract. I had a funny manifestation of that in the most recent accelerator group. Two different people and back-to-back days sent me private messages from within the group saying, did I miss something when I signed up? Because like, I love this. I love everyone in here. I didn't realize this was like a faith-based community. I said, it's not. And I know enough about the people to know not all of them would even identify as faith-based or Christian or whatever, but the types of people they are and the values that they hold and the Mm -hmm. way that they view the world and hold themselves and the people around them accountable and things like that. They share my values. It feels like it's a little faith-based community, but it's not, that wasn't really it. It's really about the values. And so I just thought that was so cool. They both thought that this was like, I must've missed something when I signed up, you know, like, no, no, this is just who I attract because it's what I put out and that's what I get. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. That's like one of the biggest gifts anyone could give me. And Cassie gave me that. The other thing Cassie has given me this year and helped me with is really consistency. She mentioned being a co-pilot. I've had other coaches. I've been in other teaching programs and coaching programs and things. And I learn a lot. But in working with Cassie, I'd say the difference is she's literally like in the seat next to me. She's a co-pilot. She's not a business partner. and There's no operational agreement. She's my coach, but she has such good insights and such closeness to the business. She keeps me on track and like keeps me accountable and having that place to check in, that place to be open and honest and talk about struggles and fears and get real with it. And I think the reason I can do that is because she understands my values and that she helped me articulate those. So I think that's really important. I think to land the plane with you, since we're using the co-pilot analogies so much, I would say you just have a real practical wisdom about offers. And I know like I've helped you a lot with your offers, but you've also helped me a ton with my own. And that's typical I've found is like, even if you're really good at something, you're really bad at doing it for yourself. It's hard to read your own label, we always say. And so you've been a huge help with me. You literally helped me create the name Seven Figure Leap. You literally helped me create the Seven Figure Leap Mastermind my favorite place to show up. So you co-created it with me and now you're part of it. You're a customer of it, a client of it. That's just a small part of what you've done. I listened to the book 10X is easier than 2X, but I didn't assimilate it into who I am and what I'm doing until Cassie retaught it to me like three times. (laughs) So you've really driven that home and helped me literally create a 10X leap in my life and my business. So thank you for that. And I know you're going to close out. So before you talk about stuff I've helped you with this year, I want to make sure that we talk about where people can find you because hopefully after hearing your zone of genius and your unique ability on display here, they're gonna be like, I need some Cassie in my life. So what's the best way for people to find you, Cassie? And then if you want to close out this episode, however you would like to do it, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for what you shared. And I'm delighted thinking about what are we going to be talking about this time next year? So we'll have to re-record. December is going to be our uh, re-recording. LinkedIn would be the best place. Cassie Shea, I'm on there. Please say hello. We'd love to get to know you, get to know your business better and experiment with what the 10X leap would look like for your life and your business. That's what I love to do. So in closing, I was not hired. I'm not a paid audience plant, but No, Dustin, you've been one of the most transformational relationships in my life and in my business for sure. When I met Dustin this time last year, I was in about year three. So January marks year four for me this year. January 2024 is year four. I quit my corporate job in 2020, which was kind of crazy global timing. (laughs) I'm not saying this to be self-deprecating, but I feel like as an operator, I've run my business as a beginner. Like I've had year one on repeat four years in a row. And from the work we've done this year, I finally feel like I'm going into year two of my business. Like I'm graduating, I'm interpolating all the experiences, all the knowledge, and I have the traction now. And I importantly have the community to go the distance. So part of what you said is really what I think your special gifts are in terms of the mastermind. When you bring people together and create safety and psychological security in a space where people can be very raw and vulnerable with the challenges in their business, the challenges, sometimes that comes into mindset. Like what are the challenges we're up against in our lives? And there's a very holistic trust that everyone in that group that you've curated wants the very, very best for everyone there. And so we can go very deep. There can be really raw curated feedback. That community is invaluable. There's a literal price tag on the client, (laughs) but the expression of the value goes so far beyond words. I usually think I'm a wordsmith, but it's hard to articulate how valuable it is to know that I have a team of 12 people who want the very best for me in my life, not just my business, but in my life, no matter what. And I can turn to them to ask business questions. And we really truly are greater than the sum of our parts. And you've curated people that are high integrity, that 
value family. We are not sacrificing ourselves on the altar of business success. It's really about how do we use our business to create the impact in our lives and our families and our communities that will light us on fire. So you have a very unique ability of curating community. And when you talk about relationship marketing, to me, that kind of had an ew factor. When you first said that, I was like, ew, like, I don't want to become an influencer. I don't want to be an affiliate. <laughs> and that's the complete opposite of what you're talking about. It's very relational. It's conversations like this. It's about getting deep, getting real, getting honest, getting raw and understanding how can two people come together and create something where one plus one equals three. And you're very smart. You're very strategic about putting that together and actually creating marketing plans around showing up as yourself, which is why podcast guesting is so rad. It's literally marketing you through making it fun to be you and meet new friends and explode your business as a result, which you really do bring the fun to that. So that's such a treat. And then what what I'll say in closing is you leading with your values opens up the opportunity for other people to create a business that's their values. And a lot of us have some crossover values. I think like charity, contribution, community. I think that would be a through line through almost everyone that touches in your orbit. But some of our values are kind of quirky and kind of fun and there's room to explore that. But it really is about powering up your business from the inside out so that when you make the seven figure leap, I think a lot of people get worried who come from a background like yours where maybe there wasn't a lot of money and you worry, like you hear stories that, oh, money will change you. But the reality is money is just an expression. It's just a showcase of the values you already have. So if you have more money, you're just going to show up with your values in a different way in the world. So for you, Dustin, I know those values of community, of relationships, of generosity, of depth, of integrity, those values just get magnified with more money when we are able to make more of an impact. And so then it becomes our responsibility to grow our business to the level that feels really juicy and fun so that we can have as much impact as possible and truly live our values to the highest and best expression. And and you make that possible in community, which is super invaluable. So I would say for anybody that wants to build a business that is values-led, wants community, and is wanting to make a bigger impact in their business, being in this universe, taking the seven-figure leap is really about living from your values and powering up your business in a way that allows you to have the most fun of your life, but also do the best work of your life. That's amazing. So yeah, flag the tape because she articulated way better than I did at the beginning. What is the seven-figure leap all about? That's what it's about. So Cassie, you're awesome. You're amazing. I can't wait to maybe sooner, but at least next year at this time to talk about what has transpired and the next leaps we've each experienced in our lives between now and then. But for now, this is basically episode one of the Seven Figure Leap podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening in and getting some insights into what this whole thing's about. Hope that you're inspired to be here for this journey and to be a big part of it. So if you're curious about the work that we do, you want to get some more resources with podcast guesting and selling through telling your own story and growing your business in a way that's integral to your values. Yeah, just go to sevenfigureleap.com and that's where you'll find more info. So aside from that, we will see you in the next episode.